Merry Christmas, Central Family. What a joy it is to be invited into your home this Christmas day. How many of you still have some of these wrapped under your tree? Or maybe you've already gotten into the presents and your house still echoes with the oohs and ahs. This is an actual present from my tree. It's for my daughter, Eleanor. So you can see I put her name on it and I picked it specifically for who she is. Today I want us to talk about the gift God places before each one of us. Your name is written on the tag and within the wrapping is a gift specifically designed for you by the Creator. A central moment for God's plan happened 2,000 years ago when the perfect Son of God stepped down from heaven and entered our world. Of all the women God could have chosen to be Jesus' mother, God chose Mary. The Bible tells us she wasn't from a rich family, so money wasn't on God's list of priorities. The Bible also tells us Mary was from Nazareth and was looked down on by the Jews in Jerusalem. So popularity must not have been in God's priorities either. God saw who Mary was, just like he sees you and me. In Luke 1.28, an angel visits Mary. The angel said to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. One commentator points out that this message from the angel wasn't a metaphor, um, but news about literal things that would happen on the earth. Mary would give birth to a son. He would be called Jesus. So when the angel says his kingdom will never end, it's not a metaphor, but that is real and true for our lives. 33 years after his birth, Jesus went to the cross to die for our sins so that all people could be part of his kingdom. Jesus doesn't just want to forgive us and send us on our way to figure out life on our own. He invites us to live in his kingdom where we can have relationship with him. In his kingdom, he has an identity for you, a plan for who you can be in him. It's the gift he designed specifically for you, the gift he puts your name on. Today, I want to encourage you to unwrap God's gift of identity for you. David says it beautifully in Psalm 139, 13 and 14. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This passage shows us how God intentionally made who you are. Words like created, woven, knit, those are not things that happen by accident or coincidence. But as we live in this world, we all feel a pull to reject parts of the identity that God wove together for us. It's easy for me to look at a friend and wish I had her talent in something or I can compare what God has called her to, and in our different seasons, what she's doing might look way more important or more rewarding. But that's not what God had in mind for me when he knit me together in my mother's womb 
and ordained every single one of my days. Let's get a picture of what it could be like when we try to wear an identity that isn't made for us. This jacket belongs to a friend, and she is wonderful. I've been friends with her for so long. But what happens when I try to wear her identity? <sighs> Central kids, does this fit me? It doesn't feel very comfortable. And you know, there's nothing wrong with the jacket, but her identity isn't the one that God wove together for me in the secret place. This is a gift that has her name on it, not mine. Central Youth and Kids, the world is trying so hard to convince you to say no to the perfect identity you have in Christ. And I remember that pull as a teenager too. I wanted to fit in, I wanted to be liked, but when God knit you together, he had so many better things in mind than just fitting in and being liked by the crowd. The identity the world pushes on you will never perfectly fit because it wasn't made for you. It wasn't designed for you when God was numbering your days. Every moment we try to make it fit is a wasted moment in the good plan God has for us. Sometimes we can also feel a pull to take our identity from our family. This is a quote of my dad's. My dad is a pastor. He's done great things. I love him so much. But, Central Kids, does this fit me? I am so thankful I had parents who raised me in God's truth, but who God called me to be is still separate from them. If I try to wear this all the time, I won't explore the gift God has designed for me. And maybe your family has an identity or has been marked by habits or beliefs that you don't want to live in or pass on to another generation. But the voice of the accuser whispers that your family identity is who you are. Or maybe there are past mistakes you've made that you've asked God for forgiveness, but you view yourself as wearing the old, tattered, stained sins of the past. 1 John 1.9 tells us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You and I are no longer slaves to sin, but we are righteous and holy, not because of what we've done, but because we've accepted Jesus's perfect gift of forgiveness. When we accept that forgiveness, God begins to work in our hearts changing behaviors and decisions that don't line up with who he wants us to be. But the enemy wants to keep us in darkness, in defeat, in bitterness. Today and tomorrow and each day after that, he doesn't want you to be the person God knitted together in the secret place because he's in a battle against God's kingdom. And you living each day in God's identity for you scares him. Jeremiah 29:11 tells us, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. People may fail us, our own strength may fail us, but the God who is mighty to save declares that we have a hope and a future in Him, and that's all we need. To keep our eyes on our hope and our future in Christ, we need to live in the identity God has for you each day. Some of the presents we open today may be an extra for our lives, something we put on a shelf and we get out when we need it. The identity God gives us is a gift we need to be actively using every moment of every day. 
the world can give us labels and titles that are based on our abilities or our age or our life situation. But the world's labels don't grow with us, do they? If your core identity is your job title or your role within a family or popularity with friends or being well thought of among a community, your life situation won't let you keep those titles forever. The great news about God's identity for us is that we never have to wait to fit into it and we can never outgrow it. In Psalm 139 that we read, isn't it interesting that David doesn't say, all of my accomplishments were written in your book. He doesn't say, all of the career promotions. David says, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. So God's identity for you begins the day you were born and never stops until the day he calls you home. If you're one of my central kids, God has good things in his kingdom for you as you play on your playground. He has planned these days as you learn in school and make friends. And to our amazing saints who have paved the way for these next generations, God isn't wasting even one of your days. You are important to his kingdom. God is glorified as you live each day in the identity he has for you. It's his kingdom, his forgiveness, and his identity we can either say yes or no to today. And Jesus doesn't hold out this gift with resentment because of how much we don't deserve it. No, he offers it to us with eyes full of love, a love greater than we will ever experience from any person or thing or pursuit on this earth. 1 John 4, 9 says, This is how God showed us his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. I want to give us time to respond to the Jesus we celebrate today. He came as a baby who was the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. If you've been thinking about making the decision to follow Jesus and accept his forgiveness, I can't think of a better time than right now. Maybe you're surrounded by family or friends who love you. Ask them to pray with you. If you're watching this by yourself right now, you are not alone. The presence of God is with you and the central community loves you. There are some of you who have accepted Jesus' gift of forgiveness, but you've placed his identity for you on a shelf and you pull it out when it feels convenient. But you know that's not what God dreamed for you when he knit you together in your mother's womb. You know when the God of heaven sang his song of love over you, he had something else in mind than what you're doing right now. Or maybe you've been rejecting parts of your identity because you're comparing it to others. If that's you today, it is the day to wear your identity he gave you with confidence. Let's pray together. God, like David, we praise you for your works are wonderful. Jesus, we praise you for the Savior you are, the Savior who was willing to step down from heaven into our broken world because you love us so much. We come to you today with friends and family knowing that we need you, and we come to ask you for your forgiveness today. Jesus, you see us as we are, and yet you've loved us even in our worst moments. The times we've rejected you and run from you, you have followed after us, you've chased after us, and today we want to say yes to you. We unwrap the gift you've given to us in forgiveness from every wrong thing we've ever done. We know you're the Savior who lived a perfect life, 
but you took the punishment for our sins. Jesus, for these friends, I pray that they feel you washing them clean right now, and that you just give them eyes to see that who you say is forgiven is forgiven indeed. We also pray for those of us who are being pulled to reject your identity. I pray that you speak to hearts in the secret places about the love and care you have for who we are, even when we don't love every part of ourselves. Pour your healing out on us. Give us confidence to just live each day in the identity you have for us, even when it's hard. Give us strength to live for you. I thank you for this central family. Amen.